What's up, savages? And welcome back to another episode of the Business Savage Podcast. We are here to spark that hunger inside business owners and reignite your flame to take your business to the next level. I am your host, Cassandra Britton. I started my first of three businesses at the age of 19, and I scaled to seven figures, and I'm here to share with you inside the mindset of a serial entrepreneur and what it takes to become a savage business owner. If you're not already, please go follow me on Instagram. It's at the.cb.mindset. Send me a message. I'd love to connect with you. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to our second episode. Thank you so much for stopping in today. So today's episode, if you haven't already been able to tell from the title, I'm going to share with you the top three things that I wish I knew before I started my journey as an entrepreneur. Okay. Don't we all wish that we had someone to tell us the mistakes not to make before diving into something? I mean, think about that for a second. What about when you started a relationship? Wouldn't it be great if we could interview their last three relationships? You know, just get a sneak peek behind the curtains of what that person was really like. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, I mean, I have had some incredible mentors in my life and helped me avoid making mistakes or heading down the wrong paths in my businesses. But before I really had those badass entrepreneurs and badass mentors in my life, I'm going to share with you today some of the common mistakes that I had to learn, some of those hardships that I really had to figure out for myself. And hopefully I can save you guys a minute or two. There was absolutely no way for me to have tamed this knowledge on these certain things before I started. I just had to go through these experiences on my own, but I'm hoping by listening to this episode, it's going to save you guys, especially if you actually take my advice. Now, running my own businesses, for any of you who know me, there is a burning fire inside of my soul. I am so unbelievably passionate about being a business owner. There's really not much else that compares to that fuel that I feel for my babies. And when I say my babies, I mean my businesses, aside from, of course, my two actual fur babies, Opie and Ozzy. However, I know that these three things, had I known these earlier in my journey, it would have made things a lot smoother and a lot quicker for me. All right, so let's dive in. So the first thing that I wish I knew before I had started a business was, and I'm going to dive into this, that they need me more than I need them. So let me tell you what that means. Just because I offer a service, just because I offer a product does not mean that you have to offer it to everyone. I want you guys to really think about that for a second, because oftentimes we come from this scarcity mindset when we first start our business. We're so worried that we won't have enough clients, okay, approaching it with a scarcity mindset, that we want to please everyone. And sometimes we sacrifice our own pride and our own dignity along the way. Well, I'm here to tell you that no matter where you are in your journey, even if you're just beginning, they need you more than you need them. Never, ever forget that. So what does that really mean? Well, when we approach something with this mindset, rather than a scarcity mindset, whether it be business, whether it be a relationship, maybe even just walking into a store and buying a new shirt and you think, you know, that salesperson needs me to buy this shirt a lot more than I need this shirt. What do you think could be possible? And what do you think it would look like if we approached situations with that type of energy and that type of a mindset? The second you come across as needy or desperate in any relationship, business relationship, personal relationship, transactional relationship in a store, the second you come across as needy or desperate, you have already lost them. 
So many of us, what we're doing is we're devaluing ourselves the second that we arrive. But you have to remember the value and worth that you are offering to your clients. Think about all of the things that you have done to get to the point that you're at. Think of all the knowledge that you have. Think of all the expertise that you have. Your clients need you more than you need them. And we are not in business to serve every single 7 billion people on this planet. We are in business to serve our niche, our very select, our very minimal, high-paying niche. There are 17,000 other business coaches in this world. There are 17,000 other beauty salons and training academies. And there are 17,000 other product lines in my field. Yes, there are. But guess what? There is only one me. If my brand is strong enough, if my why is strong enough, clients will choose me, they will respect me, and they will continue to support me. Clients will buy because of your human connection and how you make them feel. People will always remember how you made them feel. Instead of approaching life with a sense of scarcity, why don't you try approaching it with a sense of confidence and abundance? and seeking for only the right alignment. Ditch that needy, clingy personality because ain't nobody got time for that. We do not chase, we attract. It's something that we dive into in week three of Business Savage Academy. We attract our clients. We attract our clients. We attract our clients, okay? All right, so I'm gonna move on to an example of this for you. I like to follow things up with examples because I feel like it gives a little bit more of that perspective for you. So. As many of you know, one of my businesses is owning a beauty salon. So CB Beauty, my beauty salon. To make a very long story short, we've been shut down multiple times over the last year, year and a half, you know, COVID, in case anyone hadn't heard about this whole fun thing called COVID. So my business was shut a few times. Long story short, it obviously pushed a lot of clients. We usually book about three, four, five months in advance at the studio. So a lot of clients, their appointments were were pushed. And um, when we reopened for the third time, I was very grateful to have a um, beautiful relationship with most of my clients in terms of respecting our schedule, uh, respecting our booking policies, respecting our wait list, and just being very patient, understanding that we were going through a lot trying to get everybody back in on time. However, I had a couple of clients that were pretty disgruntled and very disrespectful, to be honest with you, demanding that I do things that were not okay to demand from me. First of all, it's never okay to demand something from someone that you're expecting a service from. Um, But just being very disrespectful. Uh, Emails and communication was disrespectful. It was out of line and it was not something that I stand for. And when I had first started my business, I probably would have let that slide. You know, old Cassandra, when I first started, probably would have begged for their business and got down on my hands and knees and apologized profusely for something that I didn't even need to be apologizing for. But because I've come so far in my journey and a lot of mindset work and a lot, a lot of mindset work, I realized I don't need this client. And any aftermath that could potentially come along with deciding that I don't want to serve this client, I'm prepared to take that. I'm prepared to face that because I don't want that negative energy in my head. I don't want it in my email inbox. I don't want any of it. And I definitely don't want it walking inside of the studio or facing any of the aftermath that could come from serving a client like that. So I decided to refuse the service to this client. They had actually paid a full deposit. I had to completely refund them over $500. And it's just a reminder to all of us that they need me 
They need you more than you need them. I'm not at a place in my life where I need to have that kind of energy in my life. And if we can, again, approach our life in situations with that type of energy, you're going to be facing life with more of an abundant mindset and really protecting your own energy field and realizing that what you offer, it has a lot of value to it. So we do not chase, we attract. My point here is just because we offer service does not mean we have to offer it to everyone. Protect yourself and protect your integrity. I was disrespected more times than I can count when I first started my business, thinking that I needed that money, that I needed that client. I needed them to say nice things about me. I needed them to spread word of mouth or it would ruin me. But the reality is what I really needed to do was respect myself and set boundaries for myself. Okay, so the second thing that I wish I knew before I started my business was that systems existed. Yo, do you guys even know how much systems have completely transformed my life and my businesses? Okay, I'm a very organized person. Anyone who knows me knows that about me. I'm incredibly organized. I'm very structured. I like a plan to everything. Flying by the seat of my pants is not something that I'm really that fond of unless it comes to my personal life. And it's funny because in business, I am so type A, so organized, so structured. Comes to planning events, anything like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need a process and a plan here. But when it comes to my personal life, I really like to let that go and just live like relaxed. I love it when other people take the reins and let me just, you know, cruise with the window down and just let them handle it and know that they got it. However, when it comes to business, I'm an organized, structured person. But what comes with that organization and that structure, especially in your business, is a huge control issue. And I'll be the first one to admit that I had and still in some components have a control issue. And I thought that my hand had to be in absolutely every single cookie jar. And that if I didn't have a piece of it, and if I didn't touch it, and if I didn't review it before it went out and make sure that it was done absolutely perfect, it wasn't good enough to go out. But can you imagine how exhausting that is? Imagine what life would be like if you could let go of that control. You could trust that someone else or a system could take care of things for you. Imagine how that would feel. Imagine how light that would feel. Imagine sitting on a beach on vacation with your family and you see or you hear an email go off that another order has gone through or another client has booked an appointment, knowing that the entire marketing process leading up to that booking was streamlined, the sales process was streamlined, the purchase process was streamlined, the after-purchase process and communication process was streamlined, the order process and delivery was streamlined, all into a workflow. Do you guys have any idea how much time this has saved me in my life? All while you can enjoy another sip of that margarita on the beach. That sounds like a full heck yes to me. Systems, ugh, let me tell you what systems have done for me. Systems took me away from answering the same frequently asked question 17 times a day. They took me from answering the same frequently asked question 27 times a day in my DMs. They took me away from ignoring my new followers who could be potential leads. They took me away from having to guess at what to do to hire somebody in my business and how to train them and make sure that I checked off all the boxes. They took me away from losing leads that were interested but not quite ready to buy yet 
Oh, that's a big one. A lot of us leave that on the table. Took me away from sending email confirmations, revised quotes and contracts, and chasing clients for deposits and payments. They took me away from trying to remember where I was at with a client's program and how close we were to reaching their goals. They organized all of the insane creative ideas that happen in the shower. I know tons of you, our creativity comes to us when we're in the shower and they're literally washed down the drain because I would forget and I would forget how to implement that plan or put it into an action step. They took my dreams and literally turned them into reality. Systems allowed me to create processes in my business, which allowed me to save time money, and energy on those rinse and repeat aspects of your business. We dive into systems in Business Savage Academy in week eight, but if you want a sneak peek, depending on your business, a great tool to start with is Asana. Asana is a beautiful project management tool. It helped me to organize my team where we're at with our processes and automate those workflows. It's just a sneak peek and a starting point for you, but let me tell you, you need systems. So in case you haven't heard yet, You guys need systems in your business. This is something I really, really, really wish I knew when I started my business. It would have made things a lot easier for me. And I knew, I know that I would have been able to get to that successful level that I wanted to be at and have that work-life balance more than anything a lot sooner if I had had systems. So if you don't already have them or if you don't know what they mean, reach out to me. Let me give you some insights because y'all need systems in your business. Okay. And the third thing that I wish I knew before starting my business, and this is a good one, is how to properly manage the money and the finances of the business. All right. So this is going to be a common one for all of y'all. When I first started my business, I was only taking cash. I know a lot of you are probably, if you're, especially if you're still at the beginning, maybe at a point where you're only taking cash. You may only have plans for a while for you to only take cash. I know, especially a lot of you beauticians, we think that it's okay to only take cash. But let me tell you, as much as cash is key, it is even more key to be able to prove your income when you want to buy a house you want to get approved for a mortgage, you want to get approved for a loan, maybe you want to buy a new car, maybe you finally want to move into that studio of your dreams or get a storefront location or have somebody invest into your business and help you take it to the next level. And you can't prove anything to them because all you've done is take cash and stuff it under your mattress, right? Having a mattress filled with cash is powerful. Sure, it's powerful, but only to a certain extent. Because using that money in a smart way and reinvesting it into the business in an intelligent way, that is where the true riches are. Now, this is definitely something I wish I learned early on, but I am proud to be at the level that I'm at today to be able to share this lesson with you and hopefully catch you early on in your journey so that you can avoid making these mistakes. So let's dive into this one. Years ago, I'm talking many, many, many years ago when I was in a long-term relationship near the beginning, we went to buy our first home together. I must have been, I don't know, 23, 24, something like that. So my business was fairly new and I had really only taken cash and maybe some e-transfers, but I wasn't charging tax yet. I didn't have debit or credit, nothing like that. I was making really good money, but nothing was really legit yet. So I wasn't able to use my income for our mortgage. So decided then that I was going to make it legit. I wanted to register the business 
But of course, as many of us do, we started out as a sole proprietorship until a certain point when it makes sense. You're at a certain level, you're making a certain amount of money and you want to go into a certain tax bracket. It makes sense for you to uh, incorporate your business or become an LLC, right? And get that different structure set to your business. So you're a separate legal entity from it. However, without having an accountant and not managing my money properly myself for the first year, I spent way more money than I made. So, you know, with an abundance of money coming in, I figured I could afford an abundance of money going out, but I was really in denial. I had my head buried and I was really scared to face it and I was avoiding managing my money properly. I decided that I wanted to do some reflection and I did some work on my money mindset. So started thinking into my beliefs around money and why was I treating it like I was a spoiled child? After some reflection, I've realized... I had worked my ass off since the age of eight. I had started my own, I'm going to call it my own business. wasn't really a business. I was cutting and edging lawns around my neighborhood, you know, for five, 10 bucks a lawn, trying to make some extra income because I was a hustler even since the age of eight. I wanted to buy new hockey skates and my dad had already spoiled me with hockey skates and told me if I wanted them, I had to go do this myself. But I was never taught how to properly respect it. If I wanted something, I just went and bought it. I didn't know the value of setting it as a reward for myself, for reaching a certain goal, for having an excess of it. Then I would allow myself to buy something and reward myself for it. So I was used to having this certain amount of money in my account most of my life. And when I came to the point where all of a sudden I had this abundance of extra money, I psychologically needed to bring it back down to that comfort level because I wasn't used to having that much more money. I wanted it. Don't get me wrong. I had gone into business for myself, aspiring to reach these new levels, but it's called our financial thermostat. It's something that we talk about in week one in the CEO of cultivating a CEO mindset of an entrepreneur in a business savage academy is really understanding your money mindset and all of the obstacles and barriers that we have in our, in our way based on our constructs around money and our beliefs around money that are actually holding us back from managing it properly, from making the amount that we actually want and being scared of what success actually means. So After some reflection here, it brought me to a point where I hired an accountant, I hired a financial planner, and I began assessing the finances of the business properly and putting together budgets, (laughs) yes, budgets, and plans for the money of the business. So at this point, I was able to realize what aspects of the business were actually making money and reflect on and the realization of many aspects that I thought were profitable, but they actually were not. And I wish I knew this at the beginning. I could have avoided a ton of issues, but here I am saving y'all the headache. So step number one, hire yourself an accountant, a bookkeeper, or a financial planner from the day that you open. If you aren't amazing with money or you don't have someone in your close circle who is amazing with money, get somebody on your side who is able to help you. Step number two, reflect on your money mindset. Ensure that there's no blocks that are holding you back. And if you need help with that, I've got a lot of coaches in my circle that I can refer you out to. It's something I can obviously definitely help you with myself, but specifically money coaches would be people that I would refer you out to on that one. You know, a couple of months of working with them and you'll have a lot of aha realizations. Step number three is reflect monthly, if not weekly on your expenses and your income. You need to analyze all of the avenues of your business that are actually profitable. Okay. I, I would be 
lying to you if I said I wasn't shocked at how many business owners I talk to and I reflect on their businesses and they don't even know how much a service costs them or they don't even know how much it costs them to buy a product, to actually manufacture the product, to then ship the product. What are your actual costs associated with that? And are you even making money on the price that you're selling it at? right? Don't just guess how much something's going to cost you. You have to factor in all of your costs, your rent, your hydro, your internet, your insurance, your products, your cleaning supplies, the freaking ink that you need to buy to print the forms that the clients need to fill out. Everything that goes into your costs, you need to make sure that what you're charging, you're still making money and your services are profitable. Step number four is set goals proper financial goals. Reward yourself when you reach those certain milestones or those certain goals. Don't just go out and say, oh, I've got $2,000 in the account. I'm going to buy a $1,500 new equipment. Well, that's probably not the most financially smart decision for your business. Set certain goals that when you have a certain amount of money or you've done a certain number of dollars in sales, you're going to allow yourself to upgrade to something else. Something I definitely learned the hard way. Step number five is have a contingency fund. You never want to drain your funds ever. You always want to have a really solid backup. And as I like to say, a year's worth of rent in the bank. Step number six is set money aside for taxes. And if you have staff, source deductions and government contributions. You have to remember that that, that they're going to come knocking on your door. So you've got to have that stuff set aside. Step number seven, be willing to spend money to make money. This is a big one. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before. But most of the time you have to spend it, even sometimes when you don't have it, especially in the beginning, in order to make it. You know, things like investing in your business, investing in a coach or investing in a program. Maybe you want to take a new course. Maybe you want to upgrade to a new space or buy new equipment, new products, bettering yourself, new marketing, things like that. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, we do need to have a budget and that it all has to be within a realistic amount. But sometimes you have to be willing to invest in your business, knowing that that's what's going to get you to the next level and that's what's going to bring in more. So for example, a big one sometimes for people that they get hung up on with this one is hiring staff, especially a lot of us coaches and stuff that work in the online space. We are hung up on the idea of spending money on a virtual assistant or someone to help us run our business because we don't necessarily have the funds completely coming in to where we'd like to be. And I hear a lot of times, oh, well, when I have this many clients, then I'll hire a VA. And it's like, you're drowning right now trying to manage everything to get that new client. Don't you think that if you just forked out the money for that VA now, that VA would help you to get that next client as well as your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th and beyond, right? So you have to be willing to invest money and spend the money in order to make it. And step number seven here is learn how to invest. I didn't learn this till very late in my career. There are millions of ways to invest your money. Um, There are a lot of courses that can teach you this. Coaches, you can hire investment coaches, mentors. There are videos you can watch all over the internet. There are books, podcasts, tons of resources for you in order to figure out ways to make money uh, and reinvest your money. So um, I wish I knew this from the beginning. I would have taken a lot of mess and it would have taken a lot of time. Uh, It would have taken me a lot less time to reach my seven figures. And I strongly believe that it's one of the reasons why this third business here that I'm sharing with you has scaled so quickly um, because I learned all of this from my first businesses. So I'm never scared to reinvest now because I do know how powerful it is to invest in your businesses and how it actually makes things grow. 
All right, guys. So to summarize everything up, the three biggest things that I wish I knew before starting a business were that my clients need me a lot more than I need them and that we attract our clients we do not chase. That systems would have saved me a boatload of time, a lot of stress, and helped me grow from those early stages. And that financial planning and understanding your finances properly from the beginning will really help you scale that business and save you from a lot of stress and aggravation when you're starting out your businesses. Do not be afraid to invest in your business. That is where the growth happens. Well, savages, that is all that I've got for you for this episode. If you're still here, thanks for sticking through to the end. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review. It's how we're able to grow and share it on your social channels and tag us. It's at the.cb.mindset on Instagram. Also send me a message. I'd love to connect. I love connecting with entrepreneurs and business owners. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being here. Go slay your day. And remember, a savage doesn't let anyone or anything stand in their way. They can get knocked down, but they will always get back up. Keep on fighting. Peace, guys.